Well, we're back for another season. First time coming off a winning season in six years. First time coming off of a playoff win since Super Bowl 46. Last year, this speech talked about familiar faces fighting to stay on this Giants journey. They won. Daniel Jones signed for $160 million. Is he happy? Saquon Barkley is back. Is he happy? Andrew Thomas and Dexter Lawrence got paid after all pro seasons. Are they happy? Darius Slayton went from inactive to re-signed. Is he happy? Darren Waller and Bobby Okereke left losing teams for this Giants team. Are they happy? A rookie class drafted into the NFL. Are they happy? Because I don't want happy players. Happy means satisfied and I want hungry. The expectations for these Giants are new. But the hunger and desire to kill the opponent should be familiar. So let's go to war. I don't know what you had in mind, but here we stand on opposing sides. Let's go to war. Let's go to war. Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick, and we have ourselves your week one preview. Cowboys at Giants, Sunday Night Football, we're here. We've made it. Uh, Justin, I said it at the top on this podcast, this is the first time we're coming off of uh, playoffs and a winning season since 2017. First time we're coming off of a playoff win since Super Bowl Forty Six. There's expectations, but I am I have I have erased last year from my memory. It's gone. It is now, and it's time to win games. Bobby Skinner, nice haircut. Number one, number two, let's go to war, and number three, because baby, you better believe we're back, back in the New York groove. Sunday night football, Dallas Cowboys. I I grew up with that. Like I'm a little bit younger. Yeah, I grew up with Giants Cowboys. Sunday Night Football, whether it's in Jerry World Week 1, but I love that it's in MetLife Stadium Week 1 because home field advantage. Felt like we got some of that actually back last year where Joe Shane, Wink Martindale, Brian Dable, they're all egging fans on. There's a blue out, by the way, on Sunday, so make sure that everybody wears blue. Um, Message from Joe Shane and Brian Dable. Um, This is awesome that primetime relevant Giants football is back Week 1. Everything is on the line. And if we're going to want this Giants team to turn the corner, it starts with a good divisional opponent week one at home. Let's win some games. Yeah, this is a winnable game. And to be real, the ta- the Cowboys are more talented. But we are a better, the Giants should be better coached. And I think this is a game the Giants should steal. I really do. Like, I look at this and this is a game where it's like, man, you guys should go in there and win. 
Daniel Jones, you can you should go in there with these new weapons and execute flawlessly. Saquon, you should get some big runs, and we should outcoach them. Like, yep. you know, Kayvon Thibodeau, this year too, step up. We'll talk about it all, Justin. Before we get into uh, the actual preview and going into the details, nitty-gritty, um, this episode was brought to you by some special people. Huckleberry, Nacho, not Finn. E. Diddy, run the city. but We're about to run this city. Just Scott, regular old Scott. Mike Brown, coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Edward Schaefer, not Schaefer, Schaefer. Harrison Langford. He's going to Hangford with Langford. Corey Asanofsky, my guy. Zach Zachary Squire, he's a squire. Earth Rise, let's rise up, Earth. Talking Giants versus the Earth. Joe Prestigi Gekakomo. Big Blue Goonie, who's a big fun follow on Twitter, and then Matthew Kazuski. Justin, who are these people? Oh my gosh, Bobby Skinner, take a breath. Those wonderful people. Went to patreon.com slash talkingdines for $2 a month plus some other tiers. You get to hang out with us live while we record the shows. We're getting pumped. We're getting pumped for Dallas. We got like 30 people in the chat hanging out with us. Um, Bobby Skinner will send you some stickers in the mail. Um, also, game recap. On Sunday night, too, if you want to hear the pod before anybody else. And then Bobby Skinner, I already said stickers, and then there's some shirt raffles a couple times a month. Patreon.com slash Talking Giants. Also, link in the description about our tailgates. If you're coming to the game this Sunday, make sure if you want food, if you want to hang out with, if you you can come and just hang out with us, but if you want food and you want access to, like, our entertainment stuff, uh, you can click the link in the description for our tailgate. See you there. L16. See you there. Um, Just a kind of little preview of what we do in season two before i want to get into this preview pod i don't want to delay too much but so we have three podcasts monday is game recap obviously wednesday mailbag which i think ends up being our best podcast of the week because it's a lot of analysis and, and thinking over things and then friday is the preview pod where we'll give you a nice 20 to 30 minute preview a lot of times we'll have an interview with someone who covers the other team we're playing we don't do that for divisional rivals because we got a good feel on the team and then uh, Danny King will join us later for uh, a fantasy draft. We'll we'll explain that all in the later later on in the show, and then O line report Tuesday, film review Tuesday. We got a lot coming out, so let's get into it though. Let's get into this preview, Justin. Yep, the Cowboys defense is really really good, and honestly, they're returning every every single starter is back except for one. The new starter of that position is Stephon Gilmore, Justin. They're the number five scoring defense. Last season, number 12 in yards. But they have shown that they can consistently be a good turnover team. Like, last year, the Cowboys were defense. were like, oh, there's going to be aggression. They're not going to, you know, be able to live off the turnovers. Nope, I they were that. number one in turnovers again. Interceptions, and uh, they had an interception and a fumble per game. They play aggressive, which they are able to do well. But it also can make them vulnerable to giving up plays as well, Justin. But I think it all starts with the pass rush, right? And I think why we haven't seen the regression from a turnover standpoint is because they can rush four or five, and Dan Quinn doesn't need to blitz like crazy. You know, did you say that his blitz rate was somewhere in the middle of the pack before we were? Yeah, recording, Bobby? their blitz rate is middle of the pack. They'll rush with four at five, you know five at most. They're not running like Wink Martindale type blitzes, and uh, like what they'll do is they'll put three ends on the field at the same time. Like they'll put Dorrance Armstrong out there with Tank Lawrence and Micah Parsons. Their pass rush is relentless. They'll stunt at you, you know. So they'll even they'll take chances within the rushing of four, where you put an extra end on the field, where you'll stunt. Um, then and then. With their coverage in the back, they're going to play man coverage. They're going to play single high safety, cover one, man you up, and and hope that their pass rush gets there and and that they're 
their man coverage, they will give up plays, right? And we'll talk about it with the DBs, but their pass rush is relentless where they just they make you pay for it eventually. Yeah, and you know, even some underrated guys. You mentioned Dorrance Armstrong. He's an eight-and-a-half sack uh, guy, 16 QB hit, and also had 10 tackles for loss. I mean, for for a guy that maybe you consider your number three, number four uh, guy, that's pretty darn good. Uh, Osa Digizuwa is an interior guy who is a little bit of a liability against the run, but he's a fine interior defense alignment who does get after the quarterback a little bit. Uh, Owa Digizuwa's brother. Jonathan Hankins, old friend is listed as an interior defense alignment on this team. He's ahead on the depth chart on Mozzie Smith, who struggled a little bit in the preseason, had trouble kind of getting off the ball. But still, Mozzie Smith is a guy that's going to be rotating in and out, and he's a strong <laughs> strong first-round pick for Dallas this year. Dante Fowler Jr. is like their number four, maybe even number five guy, where if, he were, if Dante Fowler Jr. were on the Giants, we would be celebrating that this guy is our number three edge rusher um the depth of uh, the health of sam williams is a little bit up in the air i think he has a little bit of a foot injury hasn't really practiced this week but i think that'll be kind of like a game time decision i don't know if he's going to play or not and then of course you mentioned that they added stefan gilmore so this defense is really really good but we did see certain times last year where the giants did play them especially in that second matchup bobby where they did make some plays Someplace. I also think how we when we matched up against Dallas last year in both of those games, um, like let's just I'll go through the receivers that caught the ball in the first matchup: Sterling Shepard, Saquon Barkley, Daniel Bellinger, Richie James, David Sills, Kenny Galladay, Chris Myrick. Those were all of the guys who caught a football for the Giants during that first matchup. Um, <laughs> during that first game, that's not that's not great. I think we matched up with them both times last year in a bad time for the Giants. It starts up front, though. Yeah. Right? And I want to talk about this because Andrew Thomas did have the flu last year for this game. And he looked bad in the run game as well. And he also had his worst, like, you know, 14% of the, you know, pass rush production he gave up was versus Micah Parsons in this game. Justin, it's it's truly a matchup of great versus great. Right, and Parsons tweeted after that Thanksgiving game, like, heard he's the best, I lined up on his side all game, and Micah Parsons won that matchup. Andrew Thomas is obviously not dealing with the flu for this game. Even forget the fact that Thomas had the flu. This is a matchup that we're going to see for years to come, and Parsons is the type of player, like, there is, we'll see how Thomas does versus Nick Bosa. Parsons is the only player to me who I think really makes life difficult for Andrew Thomas regardless like even though Andrew Thomas had really good reps in that first game they didn't match up a ton it you can see it's like he every single play you have to be totally dialed in the way that Parsons moves I mean he is truly an amazing player right like the the Lawrence Taylor comparisons are crazy but they're happening because of how good he is and how quickly he uh, became good in the NFL as a pass rusher like he just his footwork is flawless. He takes advantage of every single make mistake you make. If you overset by a half of, half of a yard, he's going to kill your ass inside. You don't you don't set deep enough, he's going to get around the corner. Like he will test you every single play and you just he I don't think he's better than Nick Bosa as a pass rusher right now, but as a speed rusher, like I don't think there's a pass rusher who moves better than him in the NFL. And I think why Andrew Thomas has so much success is because he is so athletic. He can move and he can move with the best pass rushers. So Micah Parsons is one of those only guys that 
can really test, if not beat, Andrew Thomas from an athletic standpoint. And that's why this is such a fun matchup. Agreed? Yeah, and even like with Thomas in the flu, like does Thomas, does he look like other tackles when they face Micah Parsons? No, Parsons kills those guys on a down-in, down-out basis. But for the standard we have for Thomas and for the fact that we know sacks can end games, or end drives yeah. like it's the biggest it is the it is the biggest core uh correlation to drives ending or sacks yeah. and parsons was able to get two last year on andrew thomas in that game um so we'll see but i'm, I'm excited for it like i think andrew thomas like as quiet as andrew thomas is you don't think that tweet is is, is going in his mind oh yeah. he's not thinking oh you got me on the flu let's see now week one like i am excited for that matchup um, even though I think Parsons is the best capable pass rusher to beat Andrew Thomas in the NFL. Yeah. No, I'm, not. I'm excited for it too. I'm excited for it too. All right. Where do you want to, well, I want to go to the other, I want to go to the other side. The part Evan I'm Neal. not excited for Evan Neal. Even if Evan Neal is improved, this is a hell of a test, right? Cause Parsons does move on both sides of the field and that's going to be a hell of a battle. But Demarcus Lawrence killed him. Three that sacks, three sacks on him last year. And also, DeMarcus Lawrence, had, do some stuff. DeMarcus Lawrence had six sacks all last year. Three of them came against Evan Neal early in the season, week three. I am not – if Evan Neal if, gets a lot of Micah Parson reps and lose those, I'm not going to judge him too harshly. But you do need to – like, DeMarcus Lawrence isn't the elite guy he in the he NFL anymore. You He's need not. to win that battle. Thomas won that battle at the end of his rookie season. Evan Neal needs to win that battle versus DeMarcus Lawrence. Yes. One thousand percent. Like that just has to be something. And then on the interior, they're gonna stunt at you, and that's where the rotation. I hope they don't do that. I hope they real. I hope they go into this realize we got to stay together. Um, but Gowinski, regardless, he's the one who's been more constant. He was very bad in this matchup. Him and Neil have struggled with stunt pickups. Uh, I do think the coaching staff for the Giants is going into this game with kind of a mindset of like not putting a ton of trust of at that right side of the offensive line. So let me ask you this. Two matchups last year where we saw play-action rollout after play-action rollout after play-action rollout. And any time that Daniel Jones really did stand within the pocket, especially that first game, it was Evan Neal getting beaten that right side of the offensive line, struggling a lot. Do we think the Giants are going to have a similar game plan to that, or will we be able to see a dro- a little bit more of a drop-back passing offense? It's going to be interesting because, the, like you said, the Giants did run a ton. I mean, it was play action like every single play in that in that second meeting. You know, they had guys like Jack Anderson starting, which is a, you know obviously a big downgrade from the, the, Ben Bredesen's playing left guard. But they ran a ton of play action, and they were able to get some big plays off of it to like Lawrence Cage or Chris Meyer. Hodgins had one that was, you know the touchdown that was called back. Called back. Um, for you know Tyree Phillips being four yards down the field, which like again it didn't affect the play at all, even though it is a penalty. Um, but the coaching staff with McCarthy, I think they're going to be, I think this, they, they saw that too. And they're going to be dialed in for some play action stuff. And Hey, they're going to, I think they're going to come out running some play action. And if the over routes are there, we're going to throw them to Darren Wall or Darius Slayton, whoever. But if they're crashing on them, you got to be quick to adjust. Um, Justin, like if they're ready for that play action, like if their ends crash down, like that's what they did last year run off of it right boot off of it run off of it you're gonna have stuff in the flats um and if their safety starts coming coming down trying to cut that crosser off you gotta throw it you've got to throw the deep post 
right? Yeah. You've got you're gonna have Jalen Hyatt probably out there on some of those plays, Darius Slayton on some of those plays. You got to throw those type of plays. Um, and I just the Giants have different personnel. Like you mentioned, all the receivers. You know, there's there's gonna be there's ways. One guy, there's one guy that really makes everybody so different, and yeah, that's Darren Waller. Darren Waller, but yeah. even like Hyatt being added to this team and Campbell, like they play single high safety, right? You put Slayton and Hyatt on the field together. Yeah. You have Darren Waller attack the safety. Yep. Force them to leave Waller or Hyatt in single coverage. Like, whether you're running play action or drop back, force them. If they're going to run single high safety, attack that safety with Darren Waller and force them to either go over the top on Jalen Hyatt, because Jalen Hyatt's going to win some of those battles, or, or, or you got single coverage with Darren Waller. And he's, we know he's going to win that battle on a consistent basis. And guess what? If they play the Giants differently, they drop in the two high. Well, that's where these whole weapons are going to help. One number twenty-six, Saquon Barkley, run the ball, check into those runs, and I'm excited to see Daniel Jones take more command of this offense with this talent. And defenses are going to play them a little differently. I mean, even think if they're running a lot of man coverage, think back to the first drive of the preseason game against the Panthers, where Darren Waller kind of kind of just ate. I really even think on the outside where I think we can run a little bit more of a conventional drop back offense. Well, Daniel Jones on that drive versus the Panthers, he got rid of the ball in like two and a half seconds or less. Like most of those throws, I I charted it and I, and I, cl- I, I clocked every single one of those throws that he took on that drive. Um, and Darren Waller was a large part of it. You know, if, if you're going to put a if you're going to put him on the outside, he can run a little slant. He can get a little aggressive. He can give a little push off within five yards, and hopefully they won't. Hopefully they won't call offensive pass interference. And then he's available that way. Like Darren Waller, I think, and how he's used and how he gets open and how Dallas is game planning for Darren Waller, I think that is the biggest X factor of this game. Well, the thing is, you could put Waller all over and do a bunch of different things. Like he's a hard player to game plan. Like you can, win, he's going to win consistently in the quick game. He'll win consistently beating you deep. So that's where Waller just makes everything so much easier. And why I do think they will be able to do some. I don't think they're going to be, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs with their drop back passing. They're going to want to run and do play action. But Waller, when you do do that drop back passing, is going to allow you to get the ball out quickly and confidently yes, yes and where you're not like you mentioned before we're not throwing the david sales and kenny galladay and richie james and all these cats and all the, obviously the other guys can win too right you so know that's like the darius slayton had two deep shots in that second game versus anthony brown now he's facing a 33 year old stefan gilmore you know but gilmore gave up the 15th most catches in the nfl last year in the kind of a bend don't break colts defense but the 10th you know, but also had the tenth most forcing completions, and then Diggs was topping yards allowed and touchdowns allowed and stuff. But he also is topping those pass breakups where they play an attacking, attacking style man coverage defense. So you're going to win some, but you got to make sure you're not making the mistakes that lose you the game either. And I do think that is the main difference this year with the whole quick passing game and drop back passing is that last year's drop back passing offense, I felt like it was. Isaiah Hodgins, very Isaiah Hodgins heavy, getting open very quick last year. But also, too. And then also Richie James. Like R- Richie, If Richie James doesn't get open in the slot uh, right away, then, all right, we're talking about a drop-back passing offense that needs the offensive line to maybe hold up to allow some plays to develop. Where this year, you obviously want that. We, like, we want some big plays thrown in there, but we're not – we have the Jimmys and Joes, like Paris Campbell, Hodgins is here for the whole year, Darren Waller. We have those three guys that – 
are going to get open quick. And then, hey, like yeah, Sterling Shepard's even still here too. Like I, I still think Sterling Shepard is a guy that's going to get some routes as the game develops. And there will be some packages where Shepard will be in there on like a first down or a third down, something like that. So Well, you even yeah. have Hodgins who separates versus man in the quick game. Like even yeah. though Hodgins was on the team for that second game, he didn't really have the role that he had um, as the season after, after the season progressed. He was fairly new to the team st- uh, at that point still. Um so there's there's different things that you can do to to win versus them. But again, they make you pay. So it's like, hey, Hodgins, can he wins versus man, right? But he's also not fast. And you could win versus man four or five times versus Trayvon, Trayvon Diggs. But Diggs can get that interception on the sixth time, right? And that's where you got to be careful with the stuff. But that's where I think Waller, they don't really have anyone who can just flat out match up with Waller. But we, we're 20 minutes in, Justin. We haven't talked about this. They're not great stopping the run either. They're not god awful or anything, but they're not an amazing run stop defense. And they, you know, they lead, they run stunts and stuff. So you can get out on the edges. You know, the Giants got to be better with combos. Again, Andrew Thomas was really bad in the run with that, in that flu game. But you have Saquon Barkley, right? And against a team that is a very aggressive, like running the ball should be a big part of this game plan too. Like, shouldn't be doing like early Giants last year game plan, but. As much as we're in love with all these new weapons, and we should be, and what the things the passing offense can do, you still have Saquon Barkley on this team, and you should be running the ball a good amount. Yeah, second matchup, like you said, the Giants just had a lot of trouble running the ball. Saquon had 11 attempts for 39 yards. You mentioned Thomas, also Jack Anderson starting at guard. But in that first match, Anderson and Thomas were really bad next to each other. You had that se- that first game, though, where Saquon had 14 attempts for 81 yards. That's 5.78 yards per carry. And then DJ also had nine attempts for 79 yards, too. Which, if they if they do want to roll out that play-action stuff again, like if, if you're running man coverage and you're running routes that are stretching the field, Daniel Jones has an option to, okay, I can either throw the ball or I could tuck and I can run, and, I, and odds are I'm going to have a path. I'm going to have a 10, 15-yard gain where I can even just slide out of bounds and not even take a hit. So that's why I also like those play-action rollouts. Not not beaten to death, but I like them every once in a while. Yeah, this isn't a game, I think, where you're going to get a ton of read option versus them. They play that pretty well. But like you mentioned, on those play-action boots, like they're going to have the end crash down. If they're not covering the flat, they're going to get wide-open passes in the flats, and they, they made plays doing that. And if they don't cover the flat very well, that's when Daniel Jones can take off. Like That's right. when the law of his yards in those games came on scrambles. Um, do you have anything else on their defense before we talk about our, our defense versus their offense? No. Go offensive line. <laughs> Let's go. <Yeah. laughs> go. Uh, today's episode, before we get into that, is brought to you by Speaky. Speak oh, Geek. yeah. Seek sure. Geek. SeatGeek. You better have gotten your tickets for this game by SeatGeek. If you don't know what SeatGeek is, they're a ticketing app that makes buying tickets super simple. With over 28 million downloads, SeatGeek is the number one rated ticketing app. There are more than 70,000 events every single day on SeatGeek, including sports, concerts, festivals, and more. But let's be real. There's 17 events on there out of that 70,000 that just mean more. The New York Giants football games. Hopefully 21 events. They always want to make sure that you are getting a good deal. So when you're on the app, look for the green dots, baby. Dots, dots, green, green. Look for the Daniel Jones green dots. Green means good. Red means bad. Pretty simple. Like when you're looking at the next gen charts. Every ticket is backed by their buyer guarantee. And SeatGeek is the only site that lets you return your tickets ahead of the event with swaps. We've got the hookup. Use code GIANTS for $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek. That's $20 off your first purchase with promo code GIANTS. Click the link in the description to download the app. You will be glad. You did. Can I tell you something? 
Tell me something. I watched the highlights of the second Dallas game because I just remember how that game broke my heart. And I remember how, like, yeah, we could have won. Like, you look at the final score, and it was 28 to 20. And I think the Giants scored, like, a last second, like, kind of garbage time touchdown. So the Dallas just took over in the second half. What was the score at halftime that game? I know the Giants were winning by, like, three points or something, right? 13, 13 to 7. 13 to 7. Yeah. 13 to 7. Dak made some mistakes, which we'll talk about in here in a second. Two interceptions in the first half, but Bobby, before you get before you get down to it, I know we just spent a lot of time on the offense. We're probably going to spend more time on the offense than the defense on these previews because you know it's it's important to score points. But I do think, Bobby especially Skinner, the Cowboys, I do think Bobby Skinner that this game is going to come down to if the defense can take control and control this game. I do think it's going to come down to that. sneezing um well there you go and i think that starts up front right sure both sides <laughs> yeah uh, look, how, it look, how gener- look how generic our previews have come it all <laughs> all that matters is the o-line and the d-line oh uh, yeah uh <laughs> get more original uh tyler smith and be it as i think are the weak links on this offensive line tyler smith because he's he's bad like he didn't practice on Wednesday with a hamstring. He may play, he may not, but at the end of the day, I, I expect our defensive tackles to beat Tyler Smith. We watched Kayvon beat him significantly at tackle, and I think Smith is going to be a really good player, but I, I, I expect our interior to win versus him and be it as. Obviously, Zach Martin, he shouldn't be dominating our guys, but we're not going to beat Zach Martin consistently. Terrence Steele is a solid right tackle. Tyron Smith, though, man, he's not as old as you think, but he's not producing... He's not the he's not the same Tyron Smith that he once was, right? Right. So they don't have depth. If Tyler Smith isn't a go, this offensive line to me is vulnerable. And that makes Dak vulnerable. And especially with Dex, because Dex is the guy. He's the all pro. He's the guy who did things we've never seen a no sackle ever do. And you look at Dak interceptions, and a lot of times they are pressure based. And you know, his two interceptions versus the Giants last year were pressure-based. Yeah, it was Dexter Lawrence coming up the middle on that Rodarius Williams interception towards that left sideline. The other one was a, a tipped – it was like a tip pass. Was it a was it But like even a then, it was, it was an overthrow by Dak. It was okay. pressure by Kayvon, and Dak overthrows it. Yes, it got it got tipped by the defender um, and and into Julian Love's hands. He also like missed, you know, CD Lamb on a third down where he beat uh beat the beat the coverage. So with pressure. So the pressure, like that's where Dak he misses like he misses high when they're trying to move the ball down the field on, on those plays. And that's where interceptions are just third down, you know, not converting on third down shows up. Like we need Dex to be a superstar in this game. Yeah, for because sure. Because he is one. Um, you know, during that first Cowboy matchup, I know, you know, Cowboy fans are going to be like, oh, well, Dak Prescott wasn't there. But from a Giants perspective, that first Cowboys matchup, there was no Leonard Williams. There was no, it was Kayvon Thibodeau's first game and there was no Aziz Ojolari. Um, and you looked at Henry Mundo was running out there, starting an interior defensive line. You had Nick Williams out there too. The second matchup, you were missing both Xavier McKinney and Adore Jackson. Plus Aziz Ojolari was not playing. Um, 
And I, I agree with you, man, where I, I do think this game is going to come down to if the Giants can get pressure on Dak Prescott. I know I'm a little, I'm like a little, you know, iffy, but we're all a little iffy on the, you know, the starting corners and the secondary. And maybe you think my brain would go there as like a priority. But no, I mean, I, I think for both sides of the ball, like the, the pressure that each of these teams can get on the quarterback and the disruption that they can force whether it's the Cowboys' natural talent rushing four or five or whether it's Wink Martindale doing what he does, um, that will be like one of the main deciders of this game. And I do feel kind of like basic saying that, but I kind of think it's, it's just true. Well, let's talk about the corners. We expect these to be the three matchups, right? Deontay Banks on Brandon Cooks, Trey Hawkins on Michael Gallup, and Adora Jackson on CeeDee Lamb. I want to start with, you said Hawkins on Gallup, right? Yeah. I want to start there. Because Gallup bullied the Giants' corners last year. That second matchup, he was just catching back shoulder fades, back shoulder fades. And even there was one little bit of a jump ball where there was a corner that had good coverage. It may it have McLeod. been. It was McLeod. It was McLeod. On Gallup, third down. You know, I, I actually, if you see, if you look look on the look on YouTube at the replay of that second Dallas game, and you'll see it was a third down, and they were very far into the Giants' territory. You actually see Week Martindale kind of jump in the air as Gallup goes up and jumps for the ball. So knowing that Trey Hawkins, there's a little bit of a concern of him at the catch point, even if he has good a quote-unquote good coverage on a guy, Gallup versus Hawkins is a matchup that I have circled for that particular reason, because Gallup doesn't need to be open to make that catch. Yeah, yeah. Like you, like you mentioned, like at the catch point is where Gallup, wins and where Hawkins needs to like prove himself in the NFL uh Banks and Cooks I think Cooks is one of the more underrated additions of the offseason I probably said that five times on this podcast all offseason um I like Banks should go out there and and compete like I'm not expecting to win every single battle with that but he should go out there and compete and I think with what Wink Martindale is going to do they're going to allow they're not going to put Banks like and too much of a vulnerable spot, even though he will be in man coverage. Where it's like, hey, we're going to w- work some inside leverage versus this guy. Press him up, work inside leverage. Just don't totally lose the release, which which Cooks is very good at. Adore on Lamb. I know that's been the talk. Like, oh, well, we put Adore on Lamb. That's still, to me, we talk about Hawkins. Like that, To me, that's still the most important matchup. Because CeeDee Lamb, if there's been one player who's had Adore Jackson's number as two it's years as a New York Lamb. Giant. It's C.D. Lamb. Like, he's consistently been able to beat Adora Jackson for big plays. That is, like, it's going to be interesting in the slot, I think, when he goes outside. Like, I think Adora is going to be on him all game long. Like, everything is pointed towards that. Like, every single rep, those guys will be facing against each other, except for when Wink is doing some of his more exotic uh, type of rushes and stuff. Um, But you can't give up the big plays on that type of stuff, right? Because that's where Dak goes under pressure. When Dak's under pressure, he's going to throw to C.D. Lamb, especially on third downs. And Dak, even Dak, can put a nice ball on on C.D. Lamb, where it's like, man, that that's a great throw. And then C.D. Lamb has just enough separation. Like you kind of have to smother this guy on third down. Like we're even like I know we're worried about the rookie corners and stuff, but I would be like, hey, let's make sure we get make sure we get C.D. Lamb taken care of on third down because that's where Dak likes to go to. Yeah, for especially sure, especially in man coverage. And also another main thing, we haven't mentioned this yet, another main thing that's different for the Cowboys this year, Kellen Moore's gone, which I'm kind of glad. Um, <laughs> Kellen Moore I don't just, even think Kellen Moore that was that great of an OC. And he, was I think that, he was good against the fucking Giants, though. Um, yes, he was. And he had more talent. <laughs> Mike McCarthy is the new play caller. Um, Schottenheimer is the offensive coordinator, I believe. But um, Mike McCarthy is the play caller. 
Um, McCarthy called plays for a long time, as we know, with Green Bay. And from 2012 to the end of 2018, the Green Bay Packers were the number one team in the NFL on early down pass frequency. Now, this is interesting because I see that. And like, I remember my eye test and, you know, kind of just seeing people criticize McCarthy for a lot of different reasons um, as the play caller for the Green Bay Packers. And I even had some people on my mentions today when I posted that graphic about Packers being number one in early down pass frequency. I said, well, Aaron Rodgers would change the play at the line of scrimmage. And I'm thinking to myself, well, is he changing every play at the line of scrimmage for like six, seven years for what Mike McCarthy's calling? And it's interesting because you have that tendency that Mike McCarthy had in Green Bay. You have Dak Prescott throwing a lot of interceptions last year, even though the offense was still explosive on their end. And you had Mike McCarthy saying some comments this offseason about how, you know, maybe they would trade not scoring 30 points every game and being explosive just so they're not turning the ball over more on offense, which I think is an interesting and weird quote. But that could be their mentality heading into the season that they want to lean on the run game a little bit more. So where is Mike McCarthy in this whole play calling and offense, but new new, new offense with Schottenheimer? Where are they and what is he going to do? That's like a big question heading into this Sunday, too. Well, and just how good is their run game going to be, too? Like Pollard's good. Pollard, but, he's, but I know he was better than Zeke, but having those two together was a nice little duo. And now you you don't. You have Rico Dowdle as your backup back and Deuce Vaughn. Um, but where they've always killed the Giants, and this was the Zeke or Pollard, is out on the edges, right? And this is where, like, Kayvon Thibodeau, Aziz Ojalar, Jahad Ward, Boogie Back, set the damn edge. Make plays out there. And then also, Bobby Okereke. This is your first game as a Giant. This is going to be one of the toughest touches you, tests you get. Because you're going to have to diagnose and get over the top quick. Because they have, especially if Tyler Smith plays the way he's as athletic as he is out on the edges in the run game. Like, he's really good out there. So you got to be able to diagnose and get over the top very, very quickly. And we've seen them, you know, down after down, be able to get outside of the offensive tackles with bad edge setting, whether it's O'Shane Zimenez or whoever. And, and then also, like, the linebackers being uh, a step late. And just not diagnosing what they're doing. So, like, this is a this is a big test for everybody on this team. But okay, okay, it's like you gotta you can't just be fast and sideline the sideline. You gotta you gotta figure out what they're doing and figure it out quick. Yeah, McFadden second year in the system, being more comfortable. Um, you know, and I, I know this doesn't really go to your point about running outside the tackles, but the interior D line is so different too. Where you have a healthy Leo, and then Ashawn Robinson's a big wild card. We haven't really gotten a lot of updates on him. But even I'll take Raheem Nunez, Rochez, and Jordan Riley as like you know your your number three. Well, Ashawn's not on the injury report. He should be number three. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. Oh, that's actually a really good point. Um, I was celebrating earlier this week and like kind of just sitting back and being like, wow, there's like nobody on the injury report. That's really really freaking cool. So, um, yeah, man, I, I, I'm I'm with you, and especially with the speed of Pollard, the explosiveness of Pollard. Tony Pollard is one of the if not, he is the most explosive runner in the National Football League, not on a volume standpoint, but on an efficiency standpoint. And he's been really good for the last couple of years. So now that he's the number one there in Dallas and he's going to get more volume, what does it look like? And they probably will lean on him running outside the tackle since he's so fast and athletic and explosive. All right, Justin, are you ready to welcome Danny King on? I'm ready to welcome Danny King on. Um, if my guy Rodarius Williams can do it, 
why can't Deontay Banks and Trey Hawkins? Uh, that's that's what I'll say. Um, that's what I'll say. And before we welcome on Danny King, we have to talk about a new sponsor, and that is Waterboy. Support for today's episode comes from Waterboy. Waterboy is a hydration powder scientifically formulated to cut your hangover time in half. That's huge. There are other hydration packs on the market, but nothing comes anywhere close to fighting those Sunday scaries like Waterboy with zero sugar and over three times the electric lights of liquid IV. Your hangover will stand no chance. And by the way, I mean, uh, you know who this is great for? My buddy, Nikki Snacks. He, you know, having have a couple Pinos on a Saturday night and he's got to wake up for a 1 p.m. Giants game at like 6 a.m. Man, he's going to wake up. He's going to smash some water boys. He's going to get ready to rock and roll. I actually have it in my cup right now. This is strawberry lemonade. I have it in my cup right now. My cup of water is almost done because I'm really enjoying it. I'm going to the warehouse in a little bit. We're live streaming for the warehouse, so I have a long day ahead of me, a long bit recording this preview pod. So thanks to Waterboy for getting me ready to rock and roll in my day. And it does taste great because it's the best part. Their most popular flavors include strawberry lemonade, lemon lime. I got to check that out. Blue raspberry. You're going to actually want to drink these. I agree. Hundreds of thousands of people already trust Waterboy as their hangover cure. It's time to stop dealing with that Hangxiety alone. For a limited time, my listeners get an exclusive 15% off discount when they use code GIANTS at waterboy.com. That's 50% off with the code GIANTS at waterboy.com. Waterboy has got you covered, and Bobby Skinner, you'll be glad you did. Best part of waking up is water boy in your cup. You'll be glad you did. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. All right. Preview pods means we welcome on Danny King, the third member of Talking Giants for weather and trivia. Weatherman Danny King. Danny. Last year, week one, you kind of staked your claim on, like, no, it's not going to rain, despite all the forecasts saying it's going to rain. What is the weather like for Sunday night in East Rutherford, New Jersey? Well, I mean, well, one, thanks again for having me back. You know, happy to be here. What a time to be alive, but I can't make that year same five. claim this week. It's year five? God, wow, that's kind of crazy. But I cannot make that same claim this week, uh, unfortunately, for Justin and the, the L16 crew. Uh, there's a chance for some rain. Not going to oh, lie to you. Going to keep it a buck with you. There's a chance for some showers. Not going to be very windy, only like six miles per hour. But there's a chance of showers. Uh, looking at my little future models, because uh, that's what we got here at Talker Jazz. We just get better and better each year. It, it's saying around like anytime after 12 until like six, there's a chance for some rain. But it's not going to be like anything like devastating. It's like showers. What so about eight? Just like showers. Eight o'clock. Eight, Is it going to rain during the game? Yes or no? I don't think it's going to rain during the game. Oh, I think maybe it tapers off by the end of the game or not end of the game, but uh, during the beginning of the game. But it won't be like a washout. We have tents. L16. We have tents. I'm not worried. Tents. Show up then. What are you doing? All right, Justin or Danny, do we have trivia for week one? We do. This week, I was feeling kind of reminiscent because obviously the Giants, I'm not saying they're a world beater team right now, but they got some fun. We, we made some very fun additions. You look at the Darren Wallers, uh, just, just everything all around. So I decided to go back to 2020, and I got it's it's a mix of two questions. They're very quick, trust me. They're very quick. So who led the Giants in rushing touchdowns during the first Cowboys matchup of the 2020 season? So who was the Giant rushing touchdowns first game the first of the game 2020 season of the 2020 season? COVID year, Joe Judge first year. 
Oh, I almost said Wayne Gallman because I remember he had that garbage one in 2019. So that was not a week one game because we had the Steelers. So that was... I'm going to... Oh, oh, I know, I know. But I, I, know. I think it was, I, I think it was Wayne Gallman though, no. because that was, that was, that was the first. It was, yeah, it was October eleventh was the first game. Yeah, that was the the game we that we were scored thirty points. I'm going to say Wayne Gallman. Justin, do you have the answer? Um, Freeman. Justin is right. It was Devontae ah, Freeman. Devontae Freeman, Devontae Freeman had, Freeman had the, the one touchdown in that game. So that was that made gave me a good chuckle. And then just the second game, who led the Giants to receive a touchdown? We're, we're going to go offense and a defense here. There's two in the of them. second game and the second game. So the game that that ended the season uh, that we won. We won that game, obviously. It's a tie. It's a tie. There's it's it, it, one touchdown, it, it's, two players. It's, it's Dante Pettis and Sterling Shepard. Although Sterling Shepard did have two touchdowns, he had a rushing touchdown in that game. Justin, do you agree with Bobby? I think I, I I'll, I'll agree with Bobby that he said that too. Constantly. It was. Yeah, I it mean, was, it's just a fact. It, it, there was no. It was, it was, it was the there. Dante Pettis little throwback to Dante Pettis that made me laugh. So yes, Sterling Shepard, Dante Pettis, and then Devonte Freeman. We've come a long way since since twenty twenty. But we went two for two there. We did. No, you guys did go two for two. Come on, that's a great so, way to start look, the season. Yeah. Look at that. Look at that. We'll, we'll get back to the more in-depth ones, but we've done so many Cowboy ones. I physically have run out of Cowboy ones, so I'm going to start brainstorming even more for the next one. All right. So we got uh, – we on these preview pods, we do segments after the actual preview. Um, so we have – like we're going to do spread picks real you know, quick. Quick picks through that. We'll do the giant score prediction. We do a giant factor. We'll explain that. But we start with a fantasy draft in which I won last year with 720 points. Justin took second with 672.7 points. Danny took third. Do you know how many points you had, Danny? Uh, I totally want to know. I, I was 666. 666. Oh, oh no. Oh, my Satanic, God. Satanic Danny. Um, That's what they call him. Because I won, uh, I'm gonna be. I decided to pick third for the first one, and then Justin will pick second. Danny will pick first. So basically, what we do is we take a fantasy draft of players from the Giants. And then players from the opponent that they play, no quarterbacks, um, and it's uh, PPR. Uh, so it's just, you know, wide receiver, running back, tight end um, for each. And then also, remember, we do have the trade rule because we had, well, there's just too many times where we drafted people and they were inactive. I don't forecast that this week, where if you drafted a guy in the third or fourth round, you can trade him for someone that went undrafted before, uh, before, uh, before three hours before the game, basically before I put the graphic up. All right, Danny, but you have the first pick this year. Who are you going with? I'm not going to beat around the horse. It's I'm taking Saquon Barkley. Uh, just old reliable. There's a part of me that wanted to go Darren Waller, but I just wanted to stick with old reliable than one I know for week one, and that is Saquon Barkley. I have plenty of opportunities to take Darren Waller. Uh, first overall, if I want to, but this week just Saquon Barkley. It'll be interesting to see how many carries Saquon gets in this game because again, well, this is the, just a different offense with different types of weapons. How many carries do they give him? But I think if he doesn't have all those carries, I think this is a good pick because he's going to have receptions. They're going to they're going to try and get him a few, uh, at least a few catches, even if they don't go for a lot. That's three or four points just off the catches uh, as well. Justin, you have the second pick. Who are you going with? You know, I could go CD Lamb, be like, "Oh, he dominates the Giants, and he has good games against the Giants." Screw I that. Think you should, Darren Waller. Yeah, he was number one on my big board, dude. He's gonna have like twenty five catches. I I hope. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it's gonna look like. I don't know how, where, when, how, why, but all I know is that 
He's healthy. It's week one. It's going to happen. Let's go. That is true. That is true. I respect that. I'll save more thoughts for a few minutes later. Ooh. Yeah. But I think Waller was number one on my big board. Saquon was number two. So, unfortunately, this is part of why I didn't want... Anytime the Giants and the Cowboys play, because there's just a lot of dudes, I I like the three the the third pick because it's just you get you get those back to back picks and if, like I think the record for fantasy was me take having this pick for the Cowboys, um, I think it was the Kadarius Tony game, but I'm gonna go CD Lane with my first pick. Oh wow! I mean he's their number one wide receiver. He's been able to beat the Giants consistently. He's a threat. Even like a he's giant gonna, first pick? Wow. He's, he's going to go with it. And then I'm even going another Cowboy with my second oh. pick. I'm going Tony Pollard. He's their starting back. They've had success running the ball. The Giants improved their run defense. How much did they improve it? But honestly, like who? there's there's really no sound logic for picking anyone else. Even though there's some... there's. There's plenty of guys who you can make an argument might have a better game than these two. It it does it, when it, there's no you're kind of gambling on that. This is the sound logic is taking Lamb and Pollard third and fourth. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, no, I don't hate it. I hate it, but I don't. Hate and I knew it. I'd be in this situation, and that's why I didn't because I didn't want to start week one picking the opponent, even though picking opponent is just a part of this fantasy draft. But I'm going. You elected Lamb and to go third, so you you put yourself in this situation. Because I think I know, but I think it's the smart thing to do. Oh, and I well. want to be week one next week versus the Cardinals when we're playing a bad team where there's not much selection. There's a I, I, unlike you guys, I think this shit through. Yeah, I got wow, the big really, board. He really fought. I that went and looked at the schedule to see when I wanted the first pick. So it's there's levels to this. All, All right, right so Justin. Hopefully, you're, hopefully you're a mush. Um, I'm gonna take Michael Gallup. Yeah. Michael Gallup, wow. Was he next on your big board? No, he was not. He Actually, he was seventh on my big board. You took him. Actually, no, he was eighth on my big board. You just took him fifth. Wow. Why Gallup over like any Giants wide receiver or Cooks? Going up against a rookie, and he kind of just easily mossed um, in that second game last year, and I think he'll have an opportunity to do it again. I don't want him to, but I think he'll have an opportunity to do it again. And out of all, I'm still not sold on how much the Giants are going to just flat out throw the ball. And I think Darren Waller is going to be the guy that is getting the the majority of the attention in the receiving game. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Danny, you have back-to-back picks. All right. So I'm going Brandon Cooks here. So I'm not going to let Brandon Cooks go by me. Now, now this is where I'm... I'm he was fifth on my over, big board. Where I'm overthinking it. Because I'm, I'm going to be going to Giant here. It's just a question of, do I want to go Campbell or do I want to go Hodges? Because I don't really like any other Cowboy options. I don't think they're Jake Ferguson. I, I didn't expect much from Jake Ferguson, quite frankly. I just don't believe it. I'm going to take you – know, I'm going to take – I'm going to take Paris Campbell. Let's go with it. Let's go with Paris Campbell right here. I feel like Paris Campbell could – Get some looks uh, this week. And I mean, the Cowboys know Isaiah Hodges is basically the Giants' number one wide receiver. So give me a little Paris Campbell action. Maybe Paris Campbell get lost in the shuffle. Okay, jo- Justin, what's your third pick? By the way, this is, I, I always, I always, and I always say this is like, I do think this is a good way to talk about the matchups. It's not simply a fantasy draft, it's a way to go through quick matchups and stuff. So I think there's a little analysis to this. It's not just us effing around. Justin, who's your third pick? Danny, Brandon Cooks, and who else? Campbell. Uh, Campbell. Campbell. Um, I I think it's clear to just go Darius Slayton here. Damn, Darius Slayton was 
six on my big board. I think Paris Campbell's good. They're going to do a lot of different things with him. I'll be interested to see how much he gets the ball, but I think they're going to be moving him around a lot. But Slayton is the Giants wide receiver one. That's who I was hoping to get here. Um, I got him. You chose to go third. Well, this is why I went third is I do feel good about the two picks I can get. And I didn't want to end up with, I didn't want to end up with Jake Ferguson or Daniel Bellinger. And on when there's so much firepower on these two teams. So I'm going Isaiah Hodgins. Maybe I'll maybe I'll change my tune. Like actually, Hodgins is much more important than Darius Slayton. Ah, Just, see, there you go. Um, but I do, but I do think uh, Isaiah Hodgins is going to be a big part of this offense. And if Isaiah Hodgins is going off the field, it's going to be for Jalen Hyatt. Ooh, and I'm going to take Jalen Hyatt with my fourth pick. And again, like preseason and, and training camp changed my expectations for this guy. Where I think he, he's going to create big plays consistently. Not going to get a ton of volume, but he's going to create big plays consistently. And we talked about it all in the beginning of this podcast, Justin, that they're aggressive as hell, but that leaves them vulnerable. Well, who is the number one player on this Giants team who can make you vulnerable in a flash? It's Jalen Hyatt. So against their aggressive corners, I, I am taking Jalen Hyatt with my fourth pick. And that's why that's why I did the third pick, because I can get a guy like Jalen Hyatt last. Ah. Uh. Uh-huh. Jeez. Uh-huh. Am I up? Uh yeah. Ten ten out of eight. Hey, hey, ten out of the top ten on my big board all gone. So g- good job, guys. Danny, turn on your headphones. Uh Jake Ferguson will be Makes sense. Starting my tight end. pick. Starting tight end. Uh I hey, that's a guy that I really liked coming out of college, and I think he's gonna be a little bit better this year than maybe people give him credit for. Not against the Giants. Of course. Danny, who is the last pick? This is you're basically you're taking a backup. So who are you going with? Uh, just I'll take Bellinger. Uh, no, Makes wait, sense. wait, 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 wait. No, no, yeah, Bellinger, Bellinger. Come on, yeah. He's a red zone threat. Bellinger really is a touchdown or bust guy, though. This yeah, year, which like no, I think he's going to get a good handful, but he I, he's someone that's going to be a little worrisome picking this year because like there's going to be some one catch eight yard games. Or at least last year, he, even though he wasn't giving you the most, at least you like, all right, at least I have a starting tight end. So we'll see. Like, Cager might even have more yards than him in this game. Like, I wouldn't be surprised in that at all, but Bellinger is the touchdown threat. All right, to recap, Danny has Saquon Barkley, Brandon Cooks, Paris Campbell, and Daniel Bellinger coming off of a last place finish last year. Second place, Justin. He has Darren Waller, Michael Gallup, Darius Slayton, and Jake Ferguson. And then the winner last year, myself, had CeeDee Lamb, Tony Pollard, Isaiah Hodgins, and Jalen Hyatt. All right, Justin. Our next segment is Giant Factors, where it's an X Factor, but because we're a Giants podcast, we call it Giant Factor. Before that, who is Giant Factor brought to us by? This week, Giant Factor is brought to us by, you'll never guess, Factor. That's right. They, got, factor. they did it. They did it. Thank you, Factor. Factor is America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. In fact, guess what I had for lunch, Danny King? What did you have? Factor. Duh. Because Factor has changed my life. I had like a cheesy bacon chicken ranch. I, I put it in a bowl and I yeah. mixed in mushrooms and I mixed in broccoli because, okay. hey, I mean, hey, you know, cheesy bacon ranch chicken. I mean, hey, that that sounds like it's got some calories, but it's all portion controlled. It was very, very good. And I added my broccoli and I added my mushrooms, mixed it all together in a bowl. And guess what? 
I took it out of the factor box. I put it in a bowl and I put it in the microwave. Two minutes in the microwave, I have a really good meal that's ready to rock and roll. And then even this past week, I had some extra factor in my fridge. So I was like, I don't want to pay New York City lunch prices. So I just put it in my backpack, lay it on flat, put it in the fridge when I get to the office. And I don't, and that's in a case where I don't even put it in a bowl. I don't even put it on a plate or anything. I just leave it in its container, poke some holes in it, two minutes in the microwave, boom, ready to rock and roll. Great freaking lunch. Factor has changed my life. They have really good food, really good stuff. And they also have breakfast stuff too, which I'm just finding out from this ad read, like cinnamon pancakes, bacon and cheddar egg bites. Fantastic. Head to factormeals.com slash giants50 and use code giants50 to get 50% off. That's code giants50 at factormeals.com slash giants50 to get 50% off. Bobby Skinner, you'll be glad you did. You'll be glad you did. Danny, you're first up this week. Who is your giant factor for week one? You guys already talked about it a little bit, so I won't give the nice long speech, but my giant factor is Evan Neal. Uh, we need to see improvement, and it's a big week. Not only it's Cowboys week, you're on Sunday Night Football, so everyone's going to be watching you. They all know the struggles you had last year. How are you going to come out and be a difference maker? They're going to put DeMarcus Lawrence up against you because he kind of just had his way. Like you said, Michael Parcel probably with Andrew Thomas. Maybe he'll go over there, but that's besides the point. Evan Neal needs to show improvement. If we don't see improvement, then it starts to become problematic. Andrew Thomas showed improvement in year two. Evan Neal needs to do the same thing. I'm not saying he needs to be the next Andrew Thomas. He just needs to be a capable right tackle and give Daniel Jones the time he needs. So Evan Neal, just give Daniel Jones the time. Show that you made the strides that we all believe you could make in the offseason. So Evan Neal, you're my giant factor. It's going to be a lot of pressure and nerves on Evan Neal. You go out there and put two good drives together to start the game, and that is going to build a ton of confidence. So, yeah, Evan Neal. Like, I thought about picking him for this one, but I, I didn't. Justin, who is your giant factor for week one versus the Cowboys? Little cliche, little simple. Does it feel too obvious? But no. This is the first game of Darren Waller. Darren Waller is my giant factor this week. A guy that, guess what? In all actuality, didn't give a ton to get, but a guy that can change this offense entirely. It can take an offense that was 32nd explosive pass play rate last year, and it could bring him to hopefully what is a lot better and bring us to a promised land of having a fully functional, exciting, modern-day offense. Darren Waller can change everything for this Giants team. We don't know fully what it's going to look like. The opportunities are endless on how he can be used, how he can catch the ball, who is going to be guarding him, where he's going to be catching the ball. Darren Waller, go out there, be a giant factor, because right now, you're a wild card. The Cowboys, no other team in the NFL exactly knows how the Giants are going to use you. Take that to use that to your advantage. Be a giant factor, Darren Waller. My giant factor for week one. He's also my giant factor for this Giants season. And it is Kayvon Thibodeau, the fifth overall pick, the first big addition by this Giants new regime. You were picked, there was four guys picked before you in an NFL draft of almost 300 players. You were the fifth one off the board. You had a solid rookie season. But there are steps that need to be taken to get to the next step, to live up to that draft slot. And guess what? That starts now. There should be a year two jump. You should turn into one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. You should be pressuring down in, down out, no matter who you're playing. And guess what? The Cowboys are a good barometer for that. Their tackles are solid, not great. 
you should be winning versus Tyron Smith. You should be winning versus Terrence Steele. Not because those guys suck, but because you are going to be great. So, Kayvon Thibodeau, man, we need you this season. And if we want to get Dak to throw interceptions, we're going to need that pressure. You say primetime loves Kayvon. Well, you're starting week one, your year two on primetime. Show up. Make play after play. Not a play here and there. Make play after play. And be a giant factor. Kayvon Thibodeau, you are my week one giant factor. All right, let's do spread picks. Um, last year, I won again. Uh, I, I swept fantasy and spread. I, I was 69 and 67. Uh, and I've, so I've never been under 500, which is really nice. Tied for second and last, J- Justin, Danny, and the listeners, after 17 weeks. That's unity right there. All yeah, went together. 65 and 71. All of you went 65 and 71. Uh, but it's a new season. Danny, who was brought uh, who brought us these spread picks? I mean, our, the spread picks, of course, are brought to you by our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Can you guys believe we we've had seven months without an NFL game? Seven months? That's just that's just cruel in my mind. Well, good thing that's finally over. The NFL is here in DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting party of the NFL, is giving you a can miss offer for week one. So you better listen up. This week, new customers can get two hundred dollars in bonus bets. Instantly, when you bet just five bucks on any NFL game, any NFL game, there's a whole slate you could pick from. DraftKings is hooking everyone up with game day greatness. All customers could take advantage of two new offers every single game day this September. Check the app to see what you get every single game day this September. That's a lot of weeks of good game deals. Uh, what I need you to do right now is download the DraftKings Sportsbook. Use World to sign up, and new customers can take home $200 in bonus bets instantly just for f- betting 5 bucks. That's code WORLD only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambler problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem. Gambler, for gambling problem, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. CDKNG.com slash football for eligibility. Turns of responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Uh, issuance. Yep. Eligibility and deposit restrictions applies. There you go. Say it. You'll be glad you did. Thank you. Say it. Uh, spread picks. All right. Kick off. Thursday night football to start the season. We got the Lions at the Travis Kelsey hobbled, maybe not even there, Chiefs. Chiefs minus four and a half. The listeners uh, are represented by Patreon member Brother Dirk Funk. He's going Lions plus Patreon member Brother Dirk Funk. I heard something different. The listeners are going Lions plus four and a half. Even though Travis Kelsey's injured and they don't have a ton of weapons on that offense, for me, I will always pick the Super Bowl winner unless I have like a strong, strong feeling against, like last year with the Bills, and the Bills ended up blowing out the Rams. Um, but I will, Patrick Mahomes defending the week one, I, I'm going Chiefs minus four and a half. Justin, 
Lions are going to cover, but they're still going to lose. I need a fun Thursday night game. Lions plus four and a half. Danny. Not gonna lie, I'm with Justin. I think the Lions are gonna cover. I, the Lions just got a vibe of a, of a team that can make noise this year, especially since they're one of the favorites, probably to win the NFC North, realistically. So give me the Lions. I think they're gonna have a fun year. I'm so pumped for the Sunday graphic for me to be one and zero, and all you guys to be zero and one. Whoa! Uh, Old. This next game is the one I had the most trouble picking. Where I actually went and like looked at death charts and was like looking at storylines and headlines and stuff. 49ers at Steelers plus. Two. Danny, what are you going with this one? I think if Nick Bosa wasn't going to be there, because it makes it sound like he will be there, unless uh, Kyle Shanahan said, uh, unless he has a beer belly, I probably would have went the Steelers. However, because I I think I'm going to take the Niners in, in uh, this opening matchup. The What are they? Are they minus two or are they the plus two? They're minus, minus 49ers two. 49ers are minus two. Minus two? Yeah, I'm still taking them because I, I think they are just, even with Nick Bosa coming back, they're still a good team. And Sam Donald, that quarterback, because I'm correct. Sam Donald's their quarterback to start. Or Brock, Brock Purdy. Purdy. Brock Purdy still fully? I didn't know that. Look at that. So, but still, the 49ers are the better team. Good job, Dan. Listeners agreed <laughs> with you. I'm also agreeing with you. It just came down to me as I don't trust the Steelers' offensive line right now, and I think Pickett can struggle with some pressure, and he's going to get a lot of pressure versus the 49ers. Um, but I really like the Steelers this year. I think they're going to have a solid season. But I did go 49ers minus two, just the pass rush versus Kenny Pickett. I, I, that's the difference maker. Justin, are you agreeing with us or going against the green? I am I am agreeing. If this were Steelers at 49ers and this was 49ers plus five, I would maybe get this would maybe give me a little bit more pause because I do think the Steelers are going to take a little step up this year. But plus Steelers plus two is a little too rich for me. So I'm going to go uh, 49ers minus two. Yeah, it's basically a pick. Um, Titans at Saints minus three. What are you going with this one, Justin? Saints minus three. Um, you know, it's actually funny. Dalton and I, Dalton Feely and I, you know, we're doing some stuff with him for JM football. We're very much on the same wavelength that Titans are may have a little bit of a rough year. Whereas you think the Titans could surprise and maybe even compete for the for the AFC South. And I think the Saints have a super easy schedule. And they've really upgraded our quarterback, adding Derek Carr, Chris Olave second year. So give me Saints minus three. They'll start out the year one and zero, and they'll win by more than three. I think the Saints win that division, but I do think the Titans win this game, and I'm going Titans plus three. Whoa! Like, I'm, I'm a big believer in Mike Vrabel. You got Tannehill and Henry healthy. Uh, I think DeAndre Hopkins is not the same as Julio. Like, when they signed, when they trade for Julio Jones, that move got way overrated by people. Hopkins is, like, still a really good player. It's just how long and the contract that he wanted. Um, so I'm going Titans plus three. The listeners went Saints minus three. Danny, who are you going? I mean, how can anyone pick the Saints when their rookie quarterback, Jake Hander, got suspended? No, I'm taking the Saints still. Uh, I, I agree with Justice points for the most part. I think it's going to take the Titans a minute to get going. Uh, and I just also want to see DeAndre Hopkins the, actually play with a legit quarterback before I feel like the Titans, I can pick them confidently. And Ryan Taylor. I want to see how Ryan Tannehill performs as well. I got questions about him. Yeah, I, th- I think Tannehill's going to look a lot better than he did last year when he has Hopkins and not Robert Woods as his wide receiver one. True. Um, Panthers at Falcons minus three and a half. This is the worst game on the on the eight game spread that we do. I'm going Panthers plus three and a half, but I do think the Falcons win this game by three or two points. You know that the number one overall QB has never won their first game in the in the really? week one of the season. Wow. But the thing is, I, I hate Desmond Ritter. I do. I really do hate him, but I love so much about the Falcons' offense. Their defense gives me a little pause, even though they've upgraded a good amount. 
But I'm going to go Panthers plus three and a half because I just think they're going to run the ball a lot and hang in there. And they're going to lose by three points exactly. So I'm going uh, Panthers plus three and a half. Uh, Justin, what do you got on this one? I think Falcons get ahead early and they punch the accelerator. And by punching the accelerator, I guess they're going to just put it on maybe cruise control a little bit because that's the type of team that they run. They run the ball more than like any other team in the NFL. And they're one of the few NFL teams that at least as of last year, they run the ball more efficiently than they throw the ball. They're a very weirdly built team, but hey, it's fun watching it in the modern NFL. Falcons minus three and a half. The Panthers looked really, really bad in the preseason, and I don't think they're going to compete at all this year. Me either, but I just hate Desmond Ritter. Danny, who do you got? Yeah, like, I don't like the Falcons. Like, yeah, the Panthers, they just look terrible. And then I just don't feel confident that they can even cover a three-and-a-half-point spread, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to take the Falcons as well. All right, so it's me versus everyone because the listeners agree with you guys. Um, Eagles at Patriots plus four. I'm going Eagles minus four. The Patriots... If this was week five, I might pick the Patriots to at least cover. But the Patriots, like, kind of historically start off slow, even when they had Brady and stuff. Um, and I just – I I think there's going to be good offensive improvements for them, but they just don't have, like, the talent versus to match up with the Eagles, even though they're not having, you know, Joe Judge and Matt Patricia call their plays anymore. So I'm going to go Eagles minus four. Danny. Yeah, I'm going Eagles minus four as well. They're just – by far the way, the better team than the New England Patriots. Maybe Zeke can help them out a little bit, but I just don't see the way the Patriots win, unless Tom Brady really motivates them on Sunday. Justin. Tom Brady will be in Las Vegas watching his uh, Las no, Vegas Raiders. It's a ceremony for him this Sunday. Oh, look at that. Uh, Patriots Wrong. plus four. I hate picking against Bill Belichick, but it is what it is. And for the Eagles, but... Dolphins at Chargers, minus three. I think Mike McDaniel and this offense and Tua are going to come out rolling. I think they're winning this game. I'm going Dolphins plus three. They're my pick in the against the spread league this week. Um, and the Chargers, I, I don't think Kellen Moore, I think he's going to be an upgrade to uh, Lombardi. I don't think he's going to be some like world-changing offense coordinator. Uh, I think the Dolphins pull this out because it's early in the season. Another one where it's later in the season, I might pick the Chargers. Earlier in the season, I'm picking, I'm picking Dolphins plus three justin i'm agreeing with you dolphins are you know a sneaky team out of the afc where if Tua Tagovailoa can kind of keep his head sh- his head straight um <laughs> that they're gonna do they could do some really fun stuff because jalen waddle and tyree killed there is no other team in the nfl that has anything close to two alpha number one wide receivers on their team plus they've really have made some upgrades to their defense and vic vangio is their defensive coordinator now so give me dolphins plus three the listeners are also going Dolphins. Danny, how about you? Yeah, I mean, I love the Dolphins still. As long like just as long as Tua can not uh, keep his head straight, I think they'll they'll make a noise in the AFC. So I'm taking the Dolphins. Uh, I guess the only, the only question I have is like, is, is Teron Armstead even playing this week? Because I, I say he's a, he was a DNP yesterday. So I don't know. Uh, Teron Armstead is one of the better tackles in the league. He just keeps getting injured lately yeah, so the last few years. That's why I'm a little concerned for Tua. So you're going Dolphins, though? I am still going Dolphins. That's just my one concern if, is if Teron Armstead is going to play this week. In the Toxic Bowl, we got the Packers at the Bears minus one, a true pick em. <laughs> After all offseason, I thought, am I going to be a Fields believer or not? And I've decided I'm not a Justin Fields believer. I'm going Packers plus one. Justin? Give me the Bears. 
I don't love it, but Justin Fields, fantasy quarterback. I guess I guess I'm a Justin Fields believer now. Justin or Danny, are you agreeing with me and the listeners with the Packers, or are you agreeing with Justin and the Bears? You know, I feel like Jordan Love's just gonna go out there and have fun. I'm taking the Packers. Why not? Let's see what Jordan Love could actually do against the Bears. Maybe I think they're gonna lean on them in the run game too. I think the Packers are gonna have a great rushing game. Bears D line isn't very good. Monday night football. Bills at the Aaron Rodgers led Jets plus two and a half. Danny, who are you going with? I think obviously the Jets. I, I think they can could make a run, but I'm also hesitant because I saw the Mets pay for their team and lose. The Jets paid for their team. I think they could uh, suffer the same fate. I think the Bills are going to go in the MetLife Stadium and beat the Jets. Uh, they will also still cover. So I'm taking the Buffalo Bills. I think this is an outright type of game for the Buffalo Bills. I think the Jets is just, uh, they, sport uh, sports shows need something to talk about Monday. And I think the Jets lose it will or Tuesday and that'll suffice them seeing that. The listeners are picking the Jets plus two and a half. Justin, who are you agreeing with? The listeners or Danny? I think, can I make it and every week gag that I just go against the Jets every week, I may do that. Bills minus two and a half. I agree. I'm going Bills minus two and a half. Last year, they were the hot offseason team. They've been quiet. Very, like, they just, you don't hear much out of there. And I think they are pissed off. They are quietly pissed off at how their season went last year. I think they got Dalton Kincaid to kind of fill some of that Cole Beasley role that was uh, missed. Um, and I think Josh Allen, like, is the superior quarterback by a good margin now over Aaron Rodgers um and I, th- I think the bill I think the Bills watched that film of the Jets beating them last year with Zach Wilson and I think the Bills are going to win this game all right so I'm excited to see who who wins this year uh now let's finish it off Danny what is your record prediction for the New York Giants and your score prediction for Sunday Night Football versus the Cowboys I mean, this is the, the best time of the year because the hopes are high and my hopes are are through the roof right now, if I'm, if I'm being quite frank. Uh, the Giants are going to win this game. They're going to – I think they're going to make a big statement week one. It's, they're going to win a close one, though. I, I don't see this uh, going any other way. I'm going to say right now, Giants are going to score 30 points. So I'm, I'm going bigger going home this week one. I'm just going to get all my hope out there. Giants 30, Cowboys 24. Giants start the season 1-0, and we feel good. You're muted, Bobby. Record prediction. Record prediction? What are you, oh, 1-0? Is that what you're trying to get for? No, no, like no for, for the, the season. season. This is week oh, one. Oh, the so season, the season, the season. My bad, my bad. Um, <laughs> I, I, like, I want to say that the Giants are going to have a winning record this year. That would be great. Uh I think they will, but I think it'll be barely a winning record. I think the Giants could be nine and eight. Justin, what is your record prediction for the New York Giants and your score prediction for Sunday Night Football? Everybody's gone ten and seven, so I'll one up them and I'll go eleven and six. How about that? Whoa! Hey, my bad. Whoa. Um, the score will be uh, of this Giants game with about. A minute and 49 seconds left. It will be 27 to 24. The Giants will need a field goal to tie or a touchdown to win. And Daniel Jones will lead the Giants down for a game-winning touchdown. 31-27 Giants. All right, my record prediction is 10 and 7. I, I just, just truly do what I believe, and I didn't want to. like that. That's what I'm going. I'm going 10 and 7. I think they're going to beat some teams that maybe people don't think they should. They might lose a game that they probably should. 
Um, so I'm going 10 and 7. I, I really do have a lot of faith in this offense. The defense gives me a little worry with the secondary, but I, I have faith in this offense to win 10 games. For Sunday Night Football, this is a tough matchup. And I think this team desperately needs to go 1 and 0. I think when I, if to, for that record prediction to hit 10 and 7, I think they really need to go 1 and 0 to start this season. You're facing a team you haven't beat Dak Prescott since his rookie season. He's owned you, New York Giants. Dak Prescott has owned the New York Giants since his rookie season. But I'm going Giants 77, Cowboys 0. We appreciate you guys. Hope you guys enjoyed this show. Be back. We're going to be recapping a win on Monday morning. We appreciate you guys. It's been a long off season. We love you. Thank you for being there for the whole ride. If you're new, welcome to the Talking Giants family. We'll see you then. Until then, let's go Big Blue.